With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel for this new episode of The Away Say. Newcastle are on an eight-game unbeaten run, but is it the worst eight-game unbeaten run in history? Probably. I have a feeling it's going to come to an end this weekend as we travel to the Emirates, a ground where we either get hammered or just lose, but it's basically a defeat every single time. Um, joining us this week is Tom from the Bruce Banana Podcast. Tom, thanks for coming on. No problem whatsoever. Happy to fill in for Alex, who's uh, one of the other members of the podcast. He's been on a couple of times. He's uh, still on his warm, warm weather break at the moment, so he uh, he couldn't make it, unfortunately. Yes, like most of the players are at the minute. Um, <laughs> Mikel Arteta, uh, has it been an Arteta bounce, or is it still work in progress at the minute? Um, good question. Uh, I think if you were to look at the pure stats, you might say that uh, his impact has been um, less than seismic, shall we say, um, certainly less than... The impact of someone like Ferguson, um, Duncan Ferguson, that is. Um, but I think you, what you have to do is kind of look at it in the context of where the club was um, when Emery left and obviously the sort of interim leadership under Lundberg as well and um, kind of see that there's a lot of work to be done. And I think that the first thing that Arteta has been able to do, which has been impressive um, to me and to the to the guys in the podcast and I think the wider Arsenal fan base is kind of the, the cultural change that he's brought in mm-hmm. uh, primarily through the way that he's able to communicate with them certainly through his press conferences they're certainly a lot more impressive than than the fumbling um, Emery ones were I mean it feels a bit unkind to to kind of point that out really with Emery because he's obviously speaking in a language that wasn't his first and he made quite a big effort to to improve his English over the time he was our manager. But it, it, unfortunately, there's no escaping the fact that if you're struggling to communicate with, um, you know, in a press conference, you're probably also struggling to communicate with, with the mm. players on the training ground. Yeah. So that's really kind of the main thing, I think. I think it's mm-hmm. still fairly early on. Um, a lot of what Arteta wants to do, I think, is long term. So 
we're not really judging him too much on on the on the playing side. Although there are there are improvements and and certainly changes being made there as well. So yeah, I think the uh, I think the good evening thing came became a bit of a meme, didn't it? And as much as it was a joke, it, it, I think he just came across as someone who wasn't relatable to players. Um, and I think that you could just see it's it reminded me a lot of the late Wenger years where you just saw Wenger on the touchline looking like he didn't know what he was doing anymore. And equally with Emery, you could see him there grimacing on the touchline looking like he was trying to get a message across because it looked like he was quite active on the touchline all the time, but mm. then nothing was actually happening with the team. Um, do you think that was the main plug that needed filling, is the, the culture, um, or do you think there was something else tactically that needed to change as well? I think I think the tactics as well, yeah. Um, I think sort of one necessarily kind of follows on from the other, I think. If you're, if you're looking to be a, a long-term manager, you kind of, you get that, you get the culture right, you get communication right, and then you start to impose your tactics tactical ideas and I think we've definitely seen that um that change under Arteta the, the bizarre thing with Emery was that he came in with all these statements like that we were going to be protagonists um and there was a lot of talk about pressing and just and when we felt like he was going to make us more defensively robust and everything just kind of fell apart for him and he just he he started to chop and change and flip around and he was he was basically a desperate man scrabbling around trying to trying to make something happen mm-hmm. with Arteta it feels like there's a game plan so the, the things that we've sort of noticed tactically that are different are we we press um, far better than we did. Uh, we press kind of as a unit. You can see it in in the kind of work rate of someone like Lacazette, who who um, you know, bearing in mind he hasn't scored a goal since the beginning of December, needs to uh, have some other parts to his game. But he he's doing a really good mm-hmm. job of kind of leading that from the front, and everyone else kind of fills in. Um, kind of you know joins in with that with that pressing effort. So that's that's one big change. Um, in terms of kind of how we're set up, um, it's sort of relatively similar in personnel, kind of the four at the back, two kind of sitting double pivot midfielders, and then you've got um, kind of Ozil, number 10, um, and then kind of three three attackers, uh, Lacazette usually more central, and then the wide attackers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the big changes that, that Arteta has brought in is sort of, I guess, maybe a bit of a pepism of the way that he uses his fullbacks. So um, Pep was very famous for kind of converting his fullbacks into central midfielders and getting them to play in field a bit more. Um, and we've seen a bit of that with our, with Arteta in the way that he, he'll, so we'll, we'll have Saka, um, the young 18 year old, who's actually a, an attacking player who's currently filling in at left back because all our other left backs are injured. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he'll, he, this is sort of in the last few games, he'll sort of play, bombing on, on the, in the left-back position, and then either Maitland-Niles, who also isn't actually a full-back, uh, or uh, more recently Bellerin, um, will tend to kind of tuck inside. So you can kind of get this sort of shifting uh, of the way that the, the players are kind of positioned in, mm-hmm. in, in the attacking phase. Um, Shaka, in that, in that sense, will kind of drop into the defence. He'll kind of make an extra centre-back. Um, and there's sort of various benefits um, to the way that we build up our play in that, in, in that we've got a more attacking player further up the pitch. In Saka, mm. he can kind of join with the four attacking players, make a five. Um, and then you've got Shaka kind of filling in for him. He's left-footed. He's ostensibly a bit more defensive-minded, although some some Arsenal fans might disagree. Mm. Um, but he can he can sort of fill in that, in that role and kind of play a kind of left-sided centre-back I, position. Are you surprised he's played another game for Arsenal? I think he obviously had yeah. that. That moment, didn't he, where he was effing and blinding at your own fans and seemed like his Arsenal career was over. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing that, that Arteta has done as well, is sort of bring him back into the fold. And, you know, 
I think people can be can, can get quite hard line with this stuff. And there's probably Arsenal fans out there who would say, oh, he should never play for us ever again. He disrespected the shirt. He disrespected the fans, all this kind of stuff. And yeah. Do you not agree I mean, with that to an extent? Well, he yeah. was, yeah, he was, it was, it was pretty bad, but like, you have to I think just know about... Newcastle fans would be absolutely raging if they played back to us <laughs> and they would never play again. But I, I think I think Arsenal fans in Newcastle are similar in a way that you, you're quite a divided fan base with things like this. Yeah, I think there's a few things. First of all, we don't have a, a, a huge amount of other central midfielders to play in his place. So it's kind of, um, <laughs> he sort of we sort of have to play him. Um, <laughs> the other, yeah, the other thing is, I mean, he, he had all sorts of issues prior to this where he was receiving um, death threats and... Um, he sort of had a hard time of it as well. So I think there was an understanding of Arsenal fans who aren't, you know, who aren't the more rabid ones that that it was a bit of a kind of a confluence of everything. And he also was this a bit of the scapegoat for Emery in that moment on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of all exploded in this moment. And actually, we've been able to sort of repair it. He kind of made this sort of half He's almost a figurehead for all up. the other problems, I guess. It, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what it yeah. is. Um it was it was there was a lot of other stuff going on and I think we kind of realized that um that he wasn't entirely to blame. So yeah, it's it's good. I mean he's he's kind of he's got his limitations but when he's playing well he, he's got a fantastic range of passing. Um he's sort he's of got a cracking more... goal against us last season, I think it was. Yeah, he, he hasn't done that for a while actually. He he, he had yeah. a bit of a reputation for a while of, of I mean he's got a rifle of a left left foot shot on him but he hasn't he hasn't been able to um get any goals recently with that so but um yeah his rehabilitation is uh if not complete um, I'm, I'm happy he's playing again I quite like him yeah he's um, all right. would you would you um I, I like Arsenal I think of all the bigger teams Arsenal's a team I like to follow quite a lot um but I think you were sort of clinging on to this identity as being a Champions League team for a long time in the later Wenger years. Would you now put yourself in the same bracket as Man United and Chelsea, who have unproven managers and are sort of in transition trying to find their identity again? I wouldn't want to make any comparison between our young manager and Manchester United's uh, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, idiot that they've got in currently in charge of them. Um, I don't know. It's I think all those three teams are all kind of going through strange times for for all sorts of different reasons really i think um you know obviously the man united situation seems to be very much kind of a vacuum at the top um and i think the man united fans rightly kind of direct their ire at at, at the sort of um the level above solskjaer although going to going to people's houses and you know chucking stuff or whatever it was those fans did was obviously completely out of order but um I think they they sort of view it as you know Man United is a massive massive club, and they're just being mismanaged. Arsenal's, I mean, I suppose you could say that to some extent. Kroenke, our owner, the American owner, is is very much an absent owner. He doesn't particularly do much. But then whenever you have these sorts of conversations, and I'm I'm you know well aware of the fact that I'm talking to a Newcastle United fan, talking about having a dodgy owner when it, it you know <laughs> when you have an owner, <laughs> yeah, when you have an owner who is you know. Uh, toxic uh kind of puts it into context a bit um and then the chelsea thing i think you know there's certain circumstances around them with their rebuild and the transfer ban although obviously that's now been lifted they've now just announced that they're signing hakim zayek from ajax which for like not very much money 35 million which is um a bit of a coup for them and i I think we're you know some arsenal fans are a bit annoyed that we weren't in for him because he's the sort of creative player that we need i mean the, the the thing with us at the moment is just that we 
we don't have. I mean, I said earlier, Ozil's playing number ten, but he he's offering absolutely nothing at the moment. He's, yeah, um, he's been ineffective for years now, hasn't he? It's a real shame because I used to love him back in his Real Madrid days, and when he first moved to Arsenal, I just remember everyone being buzzing that he was in the Premier League, and now he just. I mean, he's always had this reputation that he would have to come off in sixty minutes, but I mean, he's just. He just looks like he doesn't want to be there anymore, Ozil. Yeah, I mean, one one assist, no goals all season. Um, yeah, there's, cool. there's not, that's there's Newcastle not... numbers. <laughs> that's what our <laughs> midfielders are like. <laughs> there's not really much more to say than that. And at the moment, you know, we're Arteta's made us a lot more robust robust at the back um, through some of the tactical changes that he's made that I've sort of gone over before. But in an attacking sense, we are struggling to create chances. So I think, you know, in the game... In the game on Sunday, you'll you may you may sort of have come to expect a certain kind of swashbuckling style under us from Arsenal under you know over the last few years. But I think you'll see that we actually huff and puff a little bit and and mm-hmm. don't create as many chances as we used to. I think we're second or third lowest chance creation since Arteta took well, over. I think we must be lowest because I was going to get onto Newcastle. <laughs> We've um. We, like I say, we're on an eight-game unbeaten run, which looks great on paper. But two of those yeah. games were Oxford, two of those games were Rochdale, and one yeah. of those games was Norwich at home. And then one of those games was also the ridiculous Everton game where we scored two goals in ninety-five plus minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at it from the outside, I don't know if you've seen much of Newcastle. But we're always last to match of the day. I'm not a massive XG fan, but we're bottom of that stat. I think we've got lowest possession in the top leagues in Europe. What what do you think we're doing wrong? Because we managed to fluke our way to the position we're in at the minute. But I mean, looking at it from the outside, do you just think we're a bad team or what? Well, well, I mean, let's let's uh, acknowledge the fact that we're on the same number of points as each other uh, going into this fixture. We both have 30, 31 points. Um, and the interest, I think, the really interesting thing um, with Newcastle is that you know you obviously loved Rafa and we uh, on the podcast would have would have taken him as our as our um you know next manager if you'd have asked me sort of early on in the season if you know once um emery was gone who I would have taken I, I would have been keen to have him come in and do a, you know maybe a couple of seasons to sort of mm-hmm. set things up i think he's obviously a, you know a fantastic manager and he really um you know you grew to love him didn't you but um bruce is not doing any worse statistically no. um, correct me if I'm wrong that may have changed since I last saw but he's got you in a similar a similar similar number of points to where Benitez was last season I mean you'll have all well, these stats you'll know well that, yeah yeah basically um Rafa would always start off quite poorly and in the second half of the season we would be sort of top seven form whereas Bruce seems to have just found a way to get us to win um, I don't think we've had the lion's share of possession in any game in the league this season, but he's managed to keep that spine of the team where we are really hard to break down. Um, we do just sit back, mm. five at the back, which it'll be at the, at the Emirates probably. Um, a lot of fans, including me, are, are really hoping that we'll change the formation around because at the minute, for me, we just don't have a link between our defence and our strikers. We're usually sat with um, Hayden and one of the long staffs, and now it's Bentaleb coming in. But often they've got the ball and they either just have to pass back to the centre-backs or fire it long to St. Maximin, Almiron and Joe Linton, who are all just stood there on their own a lot of the time. And mm. we just, for some reason, we just can't pass it between the lines and we're just having to play it long every time. And it says a lot that our top scorers this season are basically defenders. Um, yeah. So it, it's 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 a really strange one. Um, I mean... Well, you've got, the, you've got the former Spurs boy there, then in Bentaleb. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that much of so him. Maybe, he looks maybe, pretty good. 
maybe he'll uh, he'll come back to haunt us. Hopefully not, obviously. Well, Danny Rose but, now as well. Yeah, but the main uh, the main man is Alan San Maximum, right? He's yeah. I mean, the Geordie faithful must be fucking loving this guy. He's a he's a, he's Twitter gold. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm hoping that won't bite him in the backside at some point because it's all great when he's doing well. I just I worry that he's going to be too on Twitter um, if he starts playing badly. Yeah. Um, and he's reading all of these comments and things. But yeah, he's unreal. He's our best player by a country mile. I mean, we've got good defenders and Dubravka in goal is amazing. I think he's leading the way in saves, which I think says more about how we play as opposed to how he is as a keeper. But he is very good in goal. But Maximin, yeah. I mean, I think our win record with him is so much it's just i can't remember the actual stats but without him we basically never win and when we do have him we're winning most of the time yeah. um he is our our outlet and he'll be on the left hand side so i don't know where that means he'll be up against in terms of arsenal's right back bellerin now he's back yeah he? yeah we should be bellerin so i mean he, he might have a chance because bellerin has i mean he suffered a, a very a very substantial injury and is taking more time than we might have expected to kind of um come back come back into form i mean i think it's hard to judge like an injury that like the one that he suffered which had him out for basically you know an entire season basically um you just you come back and you can just notice straight away i mean the thing with him that he always had was pace and he mm -hmm. seems to have lost lost a bit of that um although he has developed a left foot which he uh, showcased against chelsea to yeah. in that in that rip roaring two all draw <laughs> um one of one of 13 draws that arsenal have had this season so um that's what we're expecting. We're actually uh, on a run of, you talked about your run of eight unbeaten. We're on a run of four draws in the league. Um, yeah, exhilarating stuff. <laughs> the last one of which was a nil-nil draw against Burnley that was yeah, so that boring. I mean, the yeah. thing actually, was it boring? I mean, we should... Yes, it was. Had... Yeah. I'll answer that for you. <laughs> I just come back from watching Newcastle nil, Norwich nil, and then I went, I was like, right, I'll watch a good game. And then it was Arsenal against Burnley, and that was nil-nil as well. Yeah. So. We had our chances in that game. I mean, Aubameyang yes. didn't have his shooting boots on, that's for sure. Um, and so I think, you know, we just want to not have draws this season. I mean, that, I mean, you never want to lose. Obviously, a point is a point. You take it. But just the amount of draws has just been insane. Um, and and a lot of them have been 2-2s. I think we've had something like, I'd have to look check it. It's like five or six, like just a crazy amount of 2-2 draws. Mm -hmm. Is, are um, they games that you're throwing away, or are they games that you're coming back into most of the time? We've ha honestly had every single kind that you can have. <laughs> we've had, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say clutching defeat from the jaws of victory, but it's not. It's clutching drawing from the from the jaws <laughs> of, of victory. We've had that. We've had obviously um, comebacks with ten men, like we did against Chelsea. We've had dull nil nils. We've had kind of edgy one alls. Um, Sheffield United um, at home being the most recent one of them, where we. Um, we kind of got a goal against the run of play in the first half and then tried to cling on and conceded in the 80-something minute. Mm -hmm. um, just, there's no, there's no real pattern to it, um, which is, is the fact of yeah. what happens when you have three different managers, right? So, um, but like I said before, I think the defensive stability, I think what it sounds like is Sunday might be a low-scoring affair. Um, yeah, I think they are two teams that are quite hard, we're really hard to predict as well. We, I've said this in the last few um, interviews I've done, the games that we should be winning, we're not, and the games that we shouldn't get anything out of, we are. Um, and this has got all the hallmarks of one of those games. You mentioned St. Maximin. He is the main man. He has all the hallmarks of someone like Ben Arthur, who could just turn a game on its head. And I think he did actually score at the Emirates when he played for us, Ben Arthur. But one thing we do have is pace. 
we've got St. Maximin, Almiron. Joe Linton isn't that slow. Um, Yedlin at right back, who is lightning but can't kick a ball. So we can cause teams problems. And Arsenal have obviously got this, got it in them to bottle a defence and, you know, bottle a lead or whatever. So that's the one way I think we're going to get a result out of this game. But yeah. I honestly just, I just don't see it this time. We're on telly, which instantly means we're going to lose. <laughs> um, but I, I just don't see it really. Um, I don't know what your sort of prediction is for how you, how it's going to go. Um, I'm quietly confident, um, but then I've been quietly confident a lot in the, over the last 18 months and it's not necessarily gone the way I thought it would do. Um, I, I think that we, I mean, we're obviously, you know, it's a home game, so we should be bossing it. Um, and also we've just had this winter break, which obviously you guys didn't have because you had the FA Cup replay to play. Um, so if, if sort of, you know, taking the squad to Dubai, letting them ride some camels, doing a bit of, um, whatever other bits of squad building that they've gone and done and then coming back and having, you know, a proper set of days on the training ground, implementing whatever the kind of game plan is that we're going to have for the game. If that all kind of knits together, then there's a chance that it could all click. I think from an attacking point of view, I think there's a game where it does all click coming. Um, and I think, you know, if you look at what the, the, the sort of the players that we can put out, so Lacazette, I mean, he hasn't scored since the 5th of December, but he's a quality centre forward on his day. Mm-hmm. Aubameyang is obviously fantastic. Has an well, he's in my he's in my fantasy team as well. So it is going to be an Arsenal <laughs> goal. I hope it's him in a weird way. <laughs> Give him the armband. Um, yeah. And then, you know, whether it's Pepe on the right, who's obviously kind of young and was, you know, is our record signing and hasn't necessarily com- completely... Um, done it yet in his first season in English football, but has the opportunity to kind of create something out of nothing. You know, there's there's got to be a day I think this season where all of those things kind of click into gear and we mm-hmm. we, we we sort of put someone to the sword. Whether or not it's going to be um, Sunday is probably unlikely. I mean, the other thing is a result. If we did get a good result, like a you know a two or a three nil would be absolutely lovely. It could galvanise us to to kick on and have a bit of a run of results because. The way that it is at the moment in this this mid-table quagmire that we find ourselves in is that, um, and Alex makes this point, I'm, I'm basically stealing his point actually, Alex from the podcast, three wins, if we put together a run of three wins, we would shoot up that table. Um, and it's kind of bonkers because I've been saying that the Champions League places have been gone for weeks now, probably months actually. And I, there's, I genuinely don't think we hold, have any chance whatsoever of getting there. But actually, when you look at the table, it's not—it's not crazy to suggest that you know someone's well, got. We're on the same point means we're quite close as well, then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Hope springs eternal. You know, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll put together a little run. I mean, I, I would suggest that our squad is probably a slightly better um, prime for that to happen. But <laughs> you won't um... offend any Newcastle fans by saying that. I think we all agree. But yeah. you know, you never but know. I, I, I think... agree with you. You've got you've got a really good run, which is why I put Aubameyang in the fantasy team actually, because you've got a really good run of fixtures coming up. Um, yeah. I think there's a week you don't play, um, but on the whole, yeah, I think um, I do like Arsenal and you've got a really good squad of players, but I do think this is going to be one of those games where if we manage to hold you off, I think as the game goes on and on and on, you've mentioned about how Arteta does the pep formation, which makes up just becoming 1-1-8, becomes the formation of Guardiola. If that does happen and it's still the 85th minute and it's still nil-nil, we might just get something on the break, but I think that's the only way we're going to get anything, barring an absolute miracle, so... I, th- I think my prediction is it'll be uh, a scrappy game, 
but it'll be a one nil to the Arsenal. I know that's what you like saying. Um, but equally, it could go the other way. You said uh, you, you threw me when you said we're on the same points. That never actually clicked in my head that we were. <laughs> so I think it's I think it says a lot more about how well we're doing as opposed to the other way around. Um, last last sort of question. It's about Newcastle. Um, sure. Obviously, the performances I've hinted at there have been pretty poor across the board this season. Um, but do you think at the end of the day, points are the most important thing, or do you think it's not sustainable to play this way? Well, that's an interesting question, and it sort of almost becomes philosophical, doesn't it? Because I think you know the greatest Newcastle side of my of of my lifetime was was called the Entertainers, um, and you know when you think about, I'm I'm not sure if we're roughly the same age, but I'm in sort of in my mid thirties. When I think about the kind of the the uh, the early to mid nineties, the glory years, um, in many ways. Of, of being a football fan, which is entirely because I was a young man at that time, like this mm-hmm. rose tinted spectacles all the way. Um, but you you were an exciting team. Um, and I think, you know, cl- clubs having identities and all this kind of stuff can get a bit ridiculous sometimes. But there is something about Newcastle United that you need to have, it needs to be exciting, I think, on some level. You need, you know, you've had so many great mercurial attacking players. You've mentioned, you know, some of the more recent ones, but obviously, you know, going back, going back to, you know, Ginler and Espria and all those sorts of sorts of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that I always, it's always fun when Newcastle have got someone of that ilk. I don't really like the idea of you just being dour drab relegation for merchants yeah, yeah i think that's sort of there are other teams out there i mean you know burnley is an example of a team where you, that sort of feels like okay that's their identity um but for newcastle i think it's there is some kind of onus for you to to entertain and also you know you're a one team city so it, it the the sort of connection with the fan base and the city of newcastle is so strong that i think it can really it's it's where football can be can kind of be more than just you know a money making yeah. exercise where a whole city is kind of connected by this thing and that's that's incredibly um incredibly powerful thing so i don't know if bruce really cares that's probably not in his remit but um <laughs> if he is able to kind of get points i mean listen i yeah. don't i don't think you're going to get relegated um well, I, I, really I don't know. i don't know um i, I actually I actually think Bruce does care. He gets a lot of criticism, and I'm one of those people that criticise him tactically, but he's really given it a go this season in terms of the Cups. Um, he's putting his strongest team out in the Cup, and, I mean, that's only and you just... Got for... through, you got through a, a, an FA Cup tie? Yeah, I mean, we're... we're... Oh, it's years. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, he, I mean, even Rafa, he struggled in the Cups, and we've never... I mean, you had people like Pardew who just told the party line and didn't try in the Cups at all. Yeah. And I actually don't think Rafa tried in the Cups particularly. But yeah, I mean, we're away at West Brom. I'm actually going along. A lot of our lads from the Channel are on the 3rd of March. Um, looks like we're going to sell out our allocation. It looks like it's going to be thousands and thousands of Newcastle fans there. There is a buzz for things like this. Um, yeah. So there's an element of that where it's like, you know what, I don't care how we're getting through the Cup. If we end up at Wembley for the first time since the 90s or whenever it was, you know, that's going to be so good for our fan base just to even have that to cling on to. Um, Because we've we've had it from Sunderland fans who have obviously, they got to the League Cup final and they've Mm. obviously been there with the playoffs and things like that and they can hold that against us. And it's like, you know what, if we get to a semi-final and we're at Wembley and we play Man City and we get tonked or whoever's still in the cup, you know, that's just one of those things. But at least we can say we actually felt like a football club again when we felt like we might actually have have a chance to do something instead of just being the people that's on the Premier League years every year getting 
tonked by Chelsea and Man City and Arsenal every year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think Bruce cares. I don't rate him as a manager, but I do think he's a decent bloke. Um, and I do think he wants what's best for the club. Um, the only counter-argument to that, I guess, is that he decided to manage the club under Mike Ashley, where you would you might say some true Newcastle fans wouldn't do that. But um, I know I could go on for hours and hours about Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce and the problems at Newcastle. Um I personally, just to finish the point off, I, I sit more on the side of I would rather the games were entertaining um, as opposed to just saying, you know, if you start, if you said at the start of the season, um, I'm not going to watch any games, as long, but I know that we're definitely going to stay up. That's not the point of football, is it? You do want to yeah. get up and go to the game and enjoy yourself. And, you know, you win some, you lose some. I just think I'm just thinking at the minute every game is just really tedious to watch. But. You do see us at the top of the, you know, I said the top of the table there, we're not at the top of the table. Um, you do see us up there, you know, safe, and it is quite nice for a change. So I can see it from both sides, but it is quite hard to watch us at the minute. And I'm sure if some of our fans would agree with me, some would disagree with me. Um, I well, think there's an element that with Arsenal as well, actually, where you just weren't playing well. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, and that's always the thing is like, you, you kind of have this, I think other fans have this base assumption that, oh, it's always free flowing football and maybe Arsenal this is and it's maybe like defensively a bit lacking but we've we've had quite a while now where it's actually just been pretty dire I mean towards the end of Wenger's time even and then obviously um the very beginning of Emery was was different it was a bit more exciting because we didn't really know what the hell was going on and we it's been such a long time since we had a new manager um but I think just you know on the Newcastle point and the the, the FA Cup point like we have had so much joy um, from mm, in recent times of winning the FA Cup, um, and and you know it's easy to forget that actually with all the talk of the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, and whatever you yeah. think about the FA Cup, and obviously it's, it gets discussed every single year. I mean, we, we're the most successful team in the tournament's history, and I that other fans might laugh, at, at, you know, fans of other clubs that have won Champions Leagues and you know uh, Premier Leagues more recently would, would might scoff at that, but it's it's a storied competition cup competition and you know and and also the most recent time we won it we beat fucking Chelsea 2-0 and well, sorry not 2-0 2-1 and it was it was amazing um really really great experience and that's the thing for me with a team like Newcastle that has been quite sad watching you in the last few years is just that failure to get past you know <laughs> to get past the third round and um yeah just now you've got that opportunity to kind of um, experience. It sounds so condescending the way I'm putting this. No, but you know, I, you I, know, think I think we'd agree because we've just been a branch of Sports Direct for so long. Yeah. And it's just been get knocked out the cup, stay up, or, you know, get knocked out the cup, go down, come straight back up again. There's nothing to, there's nothing to get our teeth behind, you know. We're kind of just living for these games where we beat the big teams, but that's all we're really doing in a season. So I... I you might come might come across as condescending a little bit, but I think a lot most of our fans would actually agree with you on that point. I think it's it's such a shame that we get knocked out every single. I mean, even when we were last in the Europa League under Pardew, I know I can't believe that happened either. Like we actually did quite well in the Europa League, and we we got knocked out by Benfica, but we were you know we went up against them, and we were buzzing as a fan base again. Yeah. That, you know, for once, we kind of maybe had a modicum of respect from other football clubs. So. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. No doubt we'll go there and we'll lose one nil to a Hal Robson Carnu goal in the last minute. That's my prediction for that game. But uh, <laughs> I'll stick to the Arsenal game for now. Um, yeah, I think that probably does it actually. Um, okay. Uh, we've gone on for quite a while there actually. Um, yes, but five, I, tend, five... I tend. I tend to. Uh, <laughs> I, I never use one word when five will do. 
Yeah, I think Alex was the same, actually. But, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a good talk, actually. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, final prediction from you before I let you get away? Yeah, um, I realised I hadn't actually given you an official one. I'm going to go for... I think we're going to win 2-1. Okay, you're giving us a goal. I'll take that. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get a chance, at least. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for... Uh, 1-0 to the Arsenal I know it's the cliche but I just I just fancy it to be a really dull game on Super Sunday um, and I just fancy it just to break us down right towards the end of the game um, that's my prediction anyway right um, that'll do it I'll let you get away thanks so much for coming on once again and uh, all the best for Sunday thanks cheers take care Sports Social Podcast Network Step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.